0: I uh, can't recommend them enough. Christine and her team have been fantastic. So I definitely recommend you check out Haven Financial Services at www.jamiebateman forward slash Haven. Let's get back to the show. This episode is another one where I was a guest on a fellow podcaster's show. My friend Seth Bradley, who has a very uh, popular podcast called The Passive Income Attorney, uh, It ha- had the. Uh, I had the privilege of being a guest on his show and we get a chance to dive into some personal things about me and my backstory. And uh, I'm hoping you get, I know you get something out of it. I'm hoping you get a lot out of it. We talk about team sports. We talk about the military, my military service as an officer. Um, we talk about my service as a civilian at, uh, Fort Meade. I haven't talked about this a lot, but I, I worked for 14 years, um, for the federal government, the department of defense. And then, um, how I got into real estate and mortgage notes. And then we talk about, uh, why I quit my job. I, I share a story on this one about, uh, rupturing my Achilles and how that relates to realizing that I, I was done. My W two days were over. I could not, uh, I just couldn't do it anymore. Um, the manly sport of badminton did me in with the Achilles, but, uh, I didn't get fired but <laughs> like Seth did, um, and you'll, go, you'll have to go back and listen to episode 74 if you want to hear about that. He was on my show, From Adversity to Abundance, episode 74, that came out in August of 2023. One of the, the gold nuggets toward the, ends, the end of this show, this episode where I'm the guest uh, of Seth, is uh, something I share that my business coach has taught me, and it's the concept of permanent beta. And my my business coach, Chris Steer, is is fantastic, and um, he has this concept that I think he came up with. It's called permanent beta, where you're ever changing. You're you're always taking in new information. You're always evaluating. You're open to changing your mind, and always growing, always getting better. So that's something we talk about, which which I think is is a, a really neat concept. And there's a lot more in here, and uh, I, I think you're gonna really like this one. So buckle up.
1: Welcome to the From Adversity to Abundance podcast. Are you an entrepreneur or aspiring entrepreneur? Then this show is for you. Each week, we bring you impactful stories of real people who have overcome painful human adversity to create a life of abundance. A life of abundance. You are not alone in your struggle. Join us and you will experience the power of true stories and gain practical knowledge from founders who have turned poverty into prosperity and weakness into wealth. This podcast will encourage you through your health, relationship, and financial challenges so you can become the hero in your quest for freedom. Take ownership of the life you are destined to live. Turn your adversity into abundance. Jamie, what's going
2: on, brother? Welcome
1: to the show.
0: Thanks, Seth. This is this is awesome. Um I'm excited to be here and I'm hoping to add some value.
2: Absolutely, man. Third time's a charm. We've been trying to get this scheduled <laughs> after I was on your show, which was fantastic. I had a really good time uh on that show, and I think it turned out pretty good. So I know we're gonna absolutely we're gonna deliver on this one as well.
0: Yeah, we're gonna try to try to I'll try to do as, as good a job as you did. So yeah, that was <laughs> uh, that was that. uh yeah, no, I that was a very very good episode from adversity to abundance. Uh, I would highly recommend your your listeners check that one out too, your episode on that show. So thanks for thanks for doing that.
2: Absolutely, man. You're an incredible interviewer. I've I've ne- that's the only uh, I've been on dozens of podcasts and I've, you know, you pulled out a lot of things for me that I've I've never talked about on the air, so it's pretty pretty awesome. Pretty awesome show, man. Appreciate that. Cool, man. Well, let's just jump right into your background, man. What's your story? um take it back as far as you'd like to brother
0: yeah um man uh I, I i'd like to think that life has phases so i've had a few different phases in in my life um you know i come from a a large uh, family i'm I'm the oldest of seven kids and we always had a competitive uh background as far as team sports and things like that so um i played lacrosse in college that was always a, a foundational piece of of uh, my life and just kind of, I think from there learned how to be a part of something bigger than myself and how to work toward a common goal with a, with a team. So that's been something that's been a, a kind of a thread through my life. And then, um, got married and, uh, joined the military and, um, I actually joined the military technically before I got married, but seemed like I got married and then ran off and, and, uh, ran away from my wife, but it's not exactly what happened, but, uh, joined the military (laughs) was an officer in the, in the U S army did. I did miss my first three wedding anniversaries through deployment and things like that. Um, and again, it was a matter of trying to be plugged into something, you know, to serve and be a part of something bigger than myself and trying to, trying to add value. Like I think we all, we all want to do. Um, I've obviously glossed over a lot of, a lot of details, but those were, uh, a couple of inflection points, I guess, if you will. Um, like you like to talk about, I know. Um, and so my military career transitioned into, uh, a, a career with the department of defense as a civilian and, um, did 14 years as a civilian with DOD at Fort Meade and the first half. So the first seven for all you math whizzes out there, uh, was full-time. And then the second half, the second seven years was part-time. And that seven years is when I was really building my businesses, which are largely um, real estate investing and mortgage note investing uh, focused. So we can get into the details there. And then in 2022, I ended up quitting my job. And and um, now I have a few different small businesses that I run. And like you, Seth, I've got a, got a lot of different things that I'm juggling and, uh, You know, so, but yeah, I I love talking about taking ownership of, of your financial situation and taking ownership of your, your life really. And, um, I know that you and I have that in common. So yeah, that's a, that's a high level overview of my background.
2: Awesome, man. I appreciate that. that. There's a lot to unpack there, you know, going back to, you know, playing sports all the way up to the collegiate level. That's incredible. I always like to, to think even playing like popcorn or football, back in the day, yeah. you need a way to instill discipline in yourself. And I, I that's kind of the, the oldest memory I can think of where it was hard, right? Like it was like, you've got a coach screaming at you like yeah. back in the day. It's like, you know, they wouldn't give you water unless you like, you know, for like an <laughs> yeah. hour, which I don't think they do that anymore now, but you know, right. you had to earn that drink of water and, and all those sorts of things, but you, you really learned what it's like to, to work hard. And you really learned what discipline was all about. And I would say that, and you can, you can expand on this, but I I would say that, you know, being in the military yourself, that takes it to a whole new level, right? It's like, you, you, you got that from sports. You got that from the military.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously they're very different in a lot of ways, but that is certainly a common theme is, is being disciplined and, um, and people, people shy away from that word, um, because it just sounds like work or or no fun and no flexibility, but I found that having discipline in your life ends up adding more freedom in a sense, um because you kind of have your foundational pieces set in stone. You don't have to think about those and so um, yeah, I, regarding team sports it's it's really a matter of um you know everyone doing their part, right? and so there's a level of individual discipline and um and then just and then also just kind of putting the putting the group ahead of yourself um obviously the, the you know you want individual there's nothing wrong with individual accolades and i i was certainly uh chasing you know those individual accolades it's not something i shied away from i was you know I definitely was wrapped up in trying to be an all-american and um that kind of thing and and did get that a couple of times you know but at the end of the day, nobody really cares about that. (laughs) And um, the way I viewed it was if I was doing my part and I got those, you know, if I was scoring goals in lacrosse, as an example, that means I'm contributing to, you know, to the team. Right. And so there's obviously a fine line there, but of going too far either way. Um, But yeah, that discipline is critical. You know, even it's certain, I played at a high level in college and, and there was, Year round, you're training. You're you're uh, you're into it. It was a Division three school, but it, but the reality was we worked just as hard as any any D one program. And um, yeah, it, it's it's a these are skills that have paid off and are absolutely transferable to the rest of of life.
2: For sure, yeah. I think you've got to get those those intangible things. You've got to develop them somewhere along the way. Whatever whatever that is, if that's sports or the military. Or uh, you know from your parents. I mean, it, you can get it from different places, but you definitely yeah. need it. I mean, you know, we're in different stages of our life at this point. We're talking about a lot. Of, yeah. We like talk about freedom and flexibility and fun um, yeah. to try to get away from kind of the W two uh, mindset. But in order to achieve freedom, flexibility, and fun in a successful way, you had you have to be disciplined. To be able to get there you you had to have done something successfully to be able to get there or maybe what separates sure. you from you know the guy living in a van down by the river right like <laughs> that guy that guy has freedom and flexibility um i don't know about fun yeah. maybe fun but <laughs> yeah but you know it, it's it's a different obviously it's a, it's a different outcome yeah and i
0: i i still i think i still need you know i still use a lot of discipline today it's still still required, but it's, I guess it's self-imposed and, um, you know, I just love, love having that flexibility and that freedom, um, that comes along with being an entrepreneur. So yeah, it's been a central piece to my success for sure. Um, but I, I, I still, I don't think it ever, you know, goes away. I just get to pick and choose what, you know, what discipline I want to kind of enforce on myself, I guess. Um, (laughs) So yeah, absolutely. And, and, the, and as you said, I, the military was a huge part of that for me as well. I mean, that's a different kind of different kind of discipline and different kind of teamwork and different, you know, if you lose a lacrosse game, okay. You lost the lacrosse game, but in the military, the stakes are a little higher. Um, so maybe certain things are more important. Attention to detail are critic, is critical. And, um, but at the end of the day, it's, yeah, it's the the, the same principles apply across
2: both I, I guess sectors, if you will, for sure, for sure. so let's let's dive into that that transition. You started working kind of part-time there for seven yeah. years, so that seems like a, a transitional period. How Definitely. were you able to progress from you know that w two and what what I've heard you say is call yourself a w two quitter. and <laughs> I, I love that. Um, yeah. you know, how were you able to progress from a w two yeah. person to a w two quitter? What enabled sure. you to do that? And what did that transition look like? I mean, you know, I, I do remember in 2015, probably
0: a little bit, maybe, maybe say 2014, but I just, you get, you know, I had a wife and two kids and I, I had the commute, the long commute that I, I know a lot of people can identify with. So, um, it, it just was gr- groundhog day. It was the same thing over and over and over. And, and that's not me sitting here complaining about my family or having, a having the opportunity to work, um. But after a while it gets old. Let's just be real, right? So it's like you're sitting in traffic and I just you start looking at, you know, I was I worked for the government and you look around, and you say, who, okay, who's sort of ahead of me on this? Like you, like I I think you probably mentioned on our on your your show, on my my show, your episode. Um, you look around to the people who are more kind of a lo- further along the path than you. You say, Do you want to be that person? Is that the life you want? And man, I did not want that. And, um, it just, just having that just super long-term, just, you know, the pot at the end of the (laughs) rainbow, I guess, uh, nothing driving me in the, in the interim, man, it was, it was just, it was brutal. So I probably did a little woes me for a little bit there, a little victim mentality for a bit, but then you start to realize like, okay, if you don't take ownership of your own life, no one's going to, right? So no one's going to come in and do this for you. So I'm not sure what truly, you know, created the change in my mindset, but my mindset absolutely started to change and I just made a shift and I, and I stopped watching cable news. I stopped, uh, just, you know, stop paying attention to all the things that I can't control and I couldn't control back then. And, 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 started saying, no, what do I have? What are my strengths? Who's in my, who's back to the team thing. Who's on my team? Who's, you know, who's in my network that I can add value to and who can add value to me. So I started looking around and, um, you know, my father was a realtor for many years. My brother was a loan officer. I, we had a uh, one rental property at the time. And so, and I had worked at a, I didn't mention, I worked at a title company and I worked for a mortgage broker before as well, briefly. So, I had this experience that a lot of people don't have. And that's, you know, that that doesn't mean I'm better than anyone. It just means these are my strengths. So, let's point to that and let's use that. So, I started really being intentional about focusing on my strengths and my assets that I had in my life. Right. And then another asset that I used to see as a liability was the time in the car. So, I started listening to podcasts. Oh, you know, and, and, and then it turned into, wait, I don't even want to go into work yet. Cause this, this podcast episode is amazing and I'm learning so much, you know, bigger pockets and all the other real estate podcasts and different investing podcasts and um, started using that mental bandwidth instead of focusing on national media stories that I have zero influence over. Uh, I, here's something that I can actually take action on. And so Um, in mid 2015, uh, I, I went part-time and, and it just so happens that at, uh, DOD, it's one of the few agencies in the, in the federal government where you can go part-time and still keep your benefits. So I still had health insurance for my family. You know, most people don't have that option necessarily, but. Oh, oh well I did. (laughs) So that's what I did. And, and, um, you know, that's, uh, again, decided decided to start building my my other streams of income outside of my w two. Um, had my circumstances been different, if I was single, I probably would have just quit the whole thing, right? But I was able to have that kind of laddered approach, I guess, or tiered approach to kind of ripping off the band-aid,
2: yeah, yeah. no that that that's awesome. I, I love just the idea of of taking ownership of your your life, right? Like mm-hmm. everybody has those moments where they're feeling sorry for themselves. Um, but, mm-hmm. but the successful people, they don't sit there and stay in that, that mindset. They, yeah. they move on. They, you're going to be there sometimes where you've got to get out of it. And you got to say, okay, what, what can I control? What can I right. change? And you don't say, you don't give other people the power to control mm-hmm. you and your mindset and how you feel about your life. Right? Like that's, that's, that's the thing. Like if, if you, Absolutely. if you're constantly blaming someone else or saying this happened to me, Rather than what can I do to get myself out of it, then you're yeah. going to be stuck there forever. You're you're going to be absolutely you're going to be spinning your wheels forever. Um, and a lot of that, I think, helps because you said you don't listen, you don't watch the news. I don't either. No. It's it's a waste yeah. of time. What control? What does that do for us? It's if I do watch it, I literally do it for entertainment. And you look at it <laughs> as an entertain. Yeah. I look at it like I'm watching sports. Almost absolutely, yeah. I I look at it like this is funny, like I can, you know what I mean. You kind of analyze it like, oh, this is funny. This guy's saying this in a debate, right? This guy's saying that it's not taking it as fact and news, and this is how I should live my life because of what they're saying,
0: absolutely. And it's not to say that none of these topics are, you know, important, right? I mean, right, global, you know, war or I mean, politics, poverty global warming, whatever, that's all very important, but I have zero control over it, almost zero. Right. And then, um, you know, so, uh, the other thing is fear sells and that's, that's what they're selling. And so it doesn't mean that every story is invented and it's all fake, fake news, but it, it, it just doesn't serve me. And so I'd rather focus on, you know, go ground up and kind of, uh, it, it, you know, just, I see it in people, maybe older people in my own life now, who maybe are retired and and they watch the news all day, and it's like they won't travel because they saw a news story that the airports are packed or something, and you know it's <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that story was was accurate, right? But it but the but the news can filter out, and and you end up only focusing on the negative, really, and it just didn't serve me so. Yeah, um, during that la- the second seven years, I was able to build out. My wife and I were doing single family real estate investing and doing a lot of the Burr method that maybe some of your your audience is familiar with. Uh, um, and so, kind of putting that capital back into the the rental property um, machine and expanding our portfolio. Um, and then uh, eventually last year, well, in in 2018, I made the pivot kept the rental properties, but made a pivot to also add on mortgage note investing. And that's been my primary focus as of late. Um, and, uh, if you want, I can tell the story quickly about how I actually quit my job in 2022. I I think it's kind of, kind of a funny one.
2: Absolutely. Let's do it.
0: All right. So, um, I, uh, so I, I, two years ago, uh, I was playing badminton and, um, I'd been doing now, mind you, I used to be like tough, you know, athlete (laughs) and like I I did, you know, did jujitsu for three years right up before this and, you know, used to lift weights a lot and still do it here and there. But, you know, I think I'm tough, right? And uh, I ruptured my Achilles playing badminton. So that's a <laughs> an ego blow uh, to add on to the physical pain that you know, especially with the recovery. So I ruptured my Achilles a little over two years ago today, and um, I was out of work. It was my right, right right foot, and the reason I bring this up is not for sympathy, but um, to say you know I couldn't drive for three months. So I actually yeah, you know, and I had tons of leave from from work, and by this time I was tired, really tired of my. I was pretty much checked out. Like I think you you might have been at your uh your big law uh job. But um that's right. I was I was checked out. I mean, I I wasn't the best employee at this point. And so I took as much leave as I as I could, you know, reasonably. Right. And so but I couldn't drive. And so I, I was out for three months and I come back. So come back into work and I'd had discussions with my wife about about leaving. It was just a matter of of when, not if. Um I can tell you truthfully i had no idea that i was going to quit this day but i came back in from having been out for 3 months mind you no one gave me a call no one from work no one from my management gave me a, a call the entire 3 months i was out other than to say to ask me are you vaccinated because you have to be vaccinated to be to get inside the building now I don't want this to turn into some (laughs) controversial vaccine discussion or get your, your podcast banned from something. But, um, yes, I'd been vaccinated to to answer the question, but no one asked me, how's your, how's your recovery going? Like, how, what are you, you know, how's your life? You know, what's it's just, are you vaccinated? You need to get that shot before you come in. Okay, great. Thanks. I really feel welcome (laughs) here. So I'm already just, you know, you know what? Screw this place. Right. Um, come back in and just go to my desk. And this is, this is an office space kind of thing where I go to my desk and there's some, there's an air force kid at my desk and long story short, they kind of moved me somewhere else without telling me I can't find my desk. I finally find it. It's got a box with my name on it with, you know, monitors sideways and all, and clearly not a functioning, uh, (laughs) desk and, um, you know, office space. So, I literally quit that day. And I just say that it's just like, I knew 100% I was done. I, my wife didn't know I was, I quit, but I, I quit that day, still worked for another month or two, but uh, I was, there was no question, zero question in my mind, I'm done with this place. So uh, that was March of 2022. And ever since then, I've just focused on building out my businesses and haven't looked back.
2: That's awesome. Sometimes you just know, right? Like sometimes just it, it's time. You just yep. knew. I I love that story, man. For me, it was a little bit, (laughs) you already know the story, but you know, for me, it was a little bit more of someone else's decision I got fired. I mean, and and you would mentioned that, you know, you, you weren't the best employee at that point. Correct. You know, I knew the same thing, uh, and and it's great to have awareness and perspective and kind of looking back now, you're like, I would have done the same thing. Like this guy doesn't want to be here. His output isn't what it should be. Like nope. he's got, he's got to go. I mean, he's yeah. not, he's not the best employee. And and as a, you know, as a business owner now I can, you know, I have really good <laughs> perspective of that and, and seeing mm-hmm. that. And they did, yeah. they were doing me a favor by being like, Hey, like your heart's not in it. Is it? And I'm like, no, it's not. It, it's not. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The reality is for me, it's really hard to work. You know, when once you go part-time, I mean, I knew I was casting a vote against my career progression there. So as soon as I went part-time in 2015, I wasn't saying I'm in this for the long haul guys. This is, this is my focus. You know, it's the writing's somewhat on the wall looking back. It's almost surprising. I lasted as long as I did. Um, but so yeah, uh, haven't looked back and just loved, love the entrepreneurial, you know, day to day and freedom that you alluded to and, and just the multiple streams of income and certainly has its challenges. I, I probably work harder now than ever, than I ever have um, but it's by choice.
2: <laughs> right. So I love it. Exactly. Same here, man. I mean, it's, you know, my, my days are long. I mean, I, I yeah. get up way before I used to get up when I, when I had a 95, I work yeah. past when I would have worked a nine to five and it definitely more hours, but when you're doing it for yourself and you're doing it because you're working towards something that you believe mm-hmm. in, yeah, it doesn't feel like it's, you're putting that much time in.
0: Definitely. I, I wake up early. A lot of days, not, not on purpose is because I'm just excited
2: to get cracking. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, let's, let's kind of get into your current business. I know you, yeah. you had mentioned that you focused on your strengths and your assets. Um, yeah. and you know, I think it's important. I'll just, I'll just say it's important to take an inventory of what your strengths are when you're kind of considering going into something else. Um, cause a lot of our listeners are attorneys, they're doctors, folks like mm-hmm. that. They kind of feel like maybe they're, they're pigeonholed, right? Like, well, if I'm mm-hmm. not an attorney, what the hell else can I do? Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know anything about real estate investing or node investing or starting a yeah. business or anything like that, but if you really take a step back, you, you probably have a lot of skills that you've learned and honed in your career that you can use for something else moving forward. And that was, that's what you were able to do. Definitely. And one thing I'd say is that, um, you know, one
0: thing that's always comforting for me is nobody knows everything, right? So you can always find somebody who knows more than you in a certain area. Um, you know, there's one quote about every man is my superior in 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 something, right? So um basically it, it gives me a lot of comfort to know like just because an attorney listening to your show knows a way more than I do about a particular topic and probably many, many other topics, that doesn't mean I'm less of a person or you know, I don't know more than that attorney does in, in another area. So it's okay. I'm never gonna know everything. And there are other people who've already figured it out. So um you know, that's, that's always comforting to me is to, and when I say, look to your strengths, it's also looking to the people in your network who know and can help you get to where you want to go. Um, so yeah, I mean, so many things we take for granted that we do know. And, um, you know, example, when I started working at a title company fresh out of college, because it was my first real job and it paid, you know, a, a salary, um, <laughs> I realized quickly how little I knew about title insurance settlements, you know, just, just basic stuff. Now looking back, pretty basic stuff, but you don't know that unless you work for a title company or you're heavily involved in this, you don't, you're not trained in that in school typically. Right. So, you know, you forget. And so your, your listener out there, the, the attorney, the doctor I guarantee they have a lot of life experience, not just from their professional world but just life experience that that they shouldn't take for granted and the fact that you can go through law school and then be you know be a, a, an effective attorney or go through medical school and be an effective doctor that that means you you can learn things right and so again i'll go back to life has seasons i mean you've shown that in your own story seth like <laughs> you know um it's a uh, it doesn't mean Just because I started a a certain business doesn't mean that's going to be what I'm going to be doing for the next twenty years, or just because I'm an attorney now doesn't mean that's what I have to do for the rest of my life. So we always have options. I mean, you might look back and wish you'd done something differently or something, but you only have one chance at this, and so you know you just make the most of it and and just keep. I think learning constantly um, is critical. Uh, I, I just hired a business coach we've had one call, Um, but one of his mottos is, um, you know, one of his sayings is that he's always, he's in permanent beta. So he's always changing, always improving. He's always growing. So I'm trying to, trying to implement that as well.
2: Yeah. I love that permanent beta. I I haven't heard that before, (laughs) but I like that. I like that phrase. I like that phrase. Um, So tell me about your current business. Tell me about mortgage note investing. Start with the basics. Um,
0: what is it? Yeah. So, and, and I'll try to keep it, uh, there's so much to it, but again, none of it is difficult. It's just a lot of moving parts and you've got to, you know, it takes time to learn. Um, we buy debt. So we buy a mortgage note and that could be performing or non-performing the the real high level version is, is, um, a performing note is kind of like a a long term buy and hold rental property but you're buying the debt and becoming the lender becoming the bank if you will um and so you're buying that performing note for cash flow so i buy a performing note the borrower now pays me through a, a loan servicer and i get monthly payments so that's a gr- great way to go the the problem with that is you can't really add value to that asset very well you, you're kind of it is what it is. And in fact, with mortgage notes, the value actually goes down over time, generally speaking, because the principal balance goes down. So it's just, it's worth less than, you know, than, uh, you know, than it, would, than it was when you bought it. Then on the other side, the non-performing side of things, we buy those uh, as well. And those are more like a fix and flip property. So um, although we're still buying the debt, we're not buying the property. But there's a chance to add value. There's an opportunity to buy distressed asset and add value to that asset, and then sell that that non-performing note. Either, well, I should say, sell that asset, whether that's as a reperforming note or as uh, through the the real estate itself. There there are a few different ways you can exit a non-performing uh, note deal. And but but back to your kind of one of the the themes um, thus far one of the reasons i got into specifically that space was that i understood the real estate space so i understood the single family residential real estate space so it wasn't a huge leap for me to go from owning the property to now owning the debt on that property whereas it would have been a lot bigger leap for me to say oh i want to start buying distressed you know multifamily debt um which i know you could probably help me understand better but at that you know it's like incremental progress and 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 change isn't that scary so i kind of expanded my um you know toolbox if you will and got into the mortgage note space so we have a couple of note funds one is open um currently and they're they're, they're all for accredited investors um and uh the the income fund that's open pays a monthly uh aims to pay a, m- a monthly uh preferred return i know you and a lot of your listeners are attorneys, so I gotta hold the line here. And uh, <laughs> so the fund is structured to pay, uh, to aim to pay a, a monthly return uh, of eight percent. It's not a there's no growth in that fund. It's literally a cash flow play and um, diversification play. You're putting your your capital in. We buy assets across the country. We we've, we've bought notes in in probably twenty five states at this point. Um and so the investment is diversified across geographic areas across borrower types, and um you know we buy for a certain yield, we take a, a small management fee, and then we um ideally uh pay a pay the preferred return that we're aiming for to our to our investors,
2: yeah, nice five was six c you're able to talk about it mm-hmm. it's uh mm-hmm. credit investors only just want to throw that it. out there yes. um. So yeah, I mean, so just going back to the basics a little bit, and we'll get yeah, back into the yeah. funds. Like, how do you how do you even find these things? I mean, yeah, how, that's how do you, mm-hmm. how yeah. you get started? Great. How do you find these things?
0: So, I mean, that is an ongoing challenge. I'm not going to lie to you. That's one of the the things that, truthfully, a a passive investor who doesn't have time to to develop the network to go find these assets, they're just not going to have success. Um, you know, they might here and there, but it takes time it's a, it's a word of mouth industry just like real estate itself is and um so we've built out a network of of sellers and you know that could be quite honestly i i've never had luck buying directly from banks it's really either a larger uh mortgage note fund that's closing so it might be a 3 year fund and then they've got a they've got to liquidate, they've got to figure out how to sell off what to do with these assets. Um, And so that's a great opportunity to buy is just a fund that's closing or somebody, a note investor who's getting out of note investing, or they've had a life change or something, um, you know, where they just, uh, there's an opportunity to buy from them as well. Um, And so there, there are other, you know, I guess we buy from hedge funds note investors other note funds um those are there are also note brokers as well out there um there are also some online exchanges like paperstack and a couple of others that you can go and I've bought and sold on on paperstack and other exchanges as well um, and you know you can you can find assets there um but at the end of the day we have our list that we a list of people that we work with regularly and I would say one thing is that doing due diligence on a note seller is just as important as uh, due diligence on the assets that they're selling. And so it's it's taken some work and it's it's a work in progress always. Um, but it is the million dollar question is where do you where do you find these assets?
2: Yeah. So that's that's the hard part, right? That finding these assets is the hard part. Um yeah. have you ever had to foreclose on on any of these notes and actually acquire the property? And I guess yes. the a follow-up question is do you ever look at a non-performing note? Like, Hey, I actually want to own that property. <laughs> so great questions.
0: Lie. Yeah. Great questions. Um, to be clear, we're not trying to kick people, you know, grandma out on onto the street or anything like that. Um, you know, that's not our our goal typically. Well, that's never our goal, but we're, we're never trying to kick someone out of their home. Um, but the reality is some people honestly need a little bit of a kick in the pants and, Oftentimes that's not really the best them staying in the house is not often the best scenario for them. I know that might sound sound harsh, but at the end of the day, if someone can't afford to live somewhere, sometimes pe- these people are living in squalor and they really need a change of of environment. Um To answer your question about do we target the property, yes, sometimes we do. In fact, we just closed on two they're called uh, heckam loans or reverse mortgages, where the borrowers are deceased. The property is underwater, meaning you know the the loan amount is higher, greater than the property value, and it should be a quick exit through the property. So HUD will sell off these uh, big pools of of reverse mortgages, and we were able to purchase two of them very recently. It's a vacant property. You're not doing an eviction. Borrower is deceased. You've got to work through the heirs or or foreclosure. Um, and get and exit the property that way. Um, if your listener wants to go to my website, I've got a really good, uh, it's a Jacksonville blog post. I've got a couple of blog posts about this deal. I still hold this rental today. And it was a non-performing note that we purchased a few years ago. And um, I had no intention of exiting through the property or holding holding the, the property as a rental property, but uh, running the numbers, it just was too good to to let go. And so long story but we we uh you know ended up doing a deed in lieu of foreclosure actually in this case and got the property back and now it's a long term buy and hold property for my
2: own rental uh portfolio yeah that makes sense it makes sense there's there's always multiple ways to look at an investment right um exactly. but it does sound you know it is not something that that i've executed on myself but it sounds like mm-hmm. this is an active business right and that's why you've oh, put yeah. together an income fund for people yeah. that want to get involved passively um because as as everybody knows there's active investments there's passive investments if yeah. you're going to do something active maybe your returns are going to be a little bit better but you're going to give up a lot of time and effort to to get those returns um, so if you want to go the passive side, if you, if you're still full-time in your career, you're, you're a full-time doctor or lawyer or or whatever you are, you know, these passive investments are the way to go, uh, without having to Definitely. know every single detail about a new business. Yeah. And I don't know if you can
0: see this, but I, I wore this specifically for your, for this show. There it is. There it is. <laughs> passive income. <laughs> um, you're absolutely right. You know, these gurus, some of the, some of the note investing gurus out there will try to sell you know notes as passive um we have another blog post that talks about uh, just the, it's a spectrum there's active and passive on either end but at the end of the day if you're going to note investing in my world is very very active and we have a non performing note fund that's considerably more active than the performing note fund so um you're dealing with foreclosures bankruptcies deed in lieu tracking delinquent property taxes do i have to physically go anywhere no but it is not passive. Um, but that's why we offer the passive investment to for, you know, people who, like you said, have maybe more capital than time or energy and they want to put that capital
2: to work. That's right. There there are certain gurus out there that, you know, whatever it is that they are pitching, it's they they tend to always pitch it as as passive, even though it is an active business, whether that's mailbox um, money yeah whether that's a mortgage note or I mean, people will pitch airbnb short term rentals as passive. They're like, well, you can right. delegate this and you can you know you can automate that and there's software for all these things. But you've still got to put all that stuff together. You've still got to monitor all those things. you've You've still got to you've still got to oversee all these different aspects of a business, and that's what it is. It's a business that you're running, and it's not passive like no, it, no, no. It, it's not it's not and and it is on a spectrum some things are more passive than others but when yeah. you're investing in you know as a passive investor into some sort of a fund or a syndication that's really leaning really far into the the passive side absolutely 100% and i and i'm
0: as you are seth i'm i'm, I'm a, i assume you are i know you're an active investor but i i do have passive investments myself in other other funds, other note funds and, and my own, my own note funds as well. And so nothing wrong with doing both, but I would say you need to be careful about, you know, you got to make a decision at some point. Do you want to scale this thing and and make this really a business or do you, do you, are you satisfied with potentially a little bit lower return and you are giving up some control, but much, you know, much fewer headaches and, and just a lot less work. Um, Right,
2: right, Uh, yeah, and a lot of you know a lot of the listeners are high income earning professionals, so they've already put a lot of time and effort into being able to earn this much money from their W two, and that's probably your best bet. To be honest with you, I've (laughs) I've been there. I was in those shoes. You're probably better off putting your head down, and like let's grind for a few years. Let's let's not spend every single dollar that we make on yeah. all the new stuff on a, on a new car every two years or every year and a bigger right. house that you don't need. Like, let's set aside some of that and invest it passively. And then maybe one of those will stick. Maybe one of those passive investments will be a, a, a mortgage note fund where you're like, man, I kind of like this business. Like, yeah. I, I like the sound of it. I've learned about it. And then you start sure. maybe progressing on the active side and maybe, that takes over, and and you want to get into that as a as a business as an entrepreneur. But um, a great way to kind of dip your toe in the water is to become a passive investor. Um, that's the way that I did it into you know multifamily syndications. I invested passively mm-hmm. in a number of deals first and kind of learned about yeah. it, learned the ropes, and I'm like, I can do this. And then that's when I made the transition. Yeah, definitely. It's
0: it really comes down to what you, what your goals are and what your situation is for sure. I'll say I was too passive initially when I went into notes um, because personally, I just don't, you're, you're, you were probably a little better student, Seth, not that I was a bad student, but you know, I, I invest unless I'm actively investing, you know, I'm, I'm just not going to learn a lot. So the reality is, yeah, it's fine to learn about the asset class. You definitely should learn about the operator for sure. If you're putting capital with them, but You're not going to, once you're getting your checks and your disbursements, you're not going to probably learn a whole lot about how to do that on the active side. And so that's what we're here for.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's more of like a spark of an interest, right? Like maybe if you already have that spark and then you invest passively, then you're like, okay, well now I'm invested. Like, let me learn about this. And you have to, you have to actively go out there and educate yourself and network and talk to people that are in the business. Definitely. 100%. All right, man. Before we jump into the Freedom Four, you have one last golden nugget for our listeners.
0: Oh man, um, I would say, within when it comes to investing, um, you know, take the long term view. Um, don't chase immediate returns. Um, you know, I do think just yeah, it's certainly we all want to make a million dollars tomorrow, but I think it's it's a, play the long game when it comes to investing.
2: I think that's critical. Love that, man. All right. Let's jump into the Freedom Four. What's the best thing you do to keep your mind and body healthy? Yeah. I mean, one thing
0: that I instituted this year actually um, is breath work. And it's, um, you know, it's so, it takes 10 minutes um, and per day for me at least. And it's been phenomenal. And uh, it's something that quite honestly, as a, as a, you know, athlete back in the day, or even in the military, I would have scoffed at something like this, to be honest with you. Cause it's just, you know, it's not manly or whatever. And it's like, it is phenomenal. So, uh, breath work. I mean, I do other things for sure, but that's uh, certainly this year, it's been a, a game changer for me. I just feel like it resets my central nervous system and it just gets me focused. And, uh, I know there are other physiological benefits that you can ask, uh, Dr. Andrew Huberman or somebody
2: else about. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. I'll have to look into that. I actually haven't. I mean, obviously everybody talks about it. It's a hot topic. Yeah. I haven't gotten into it. I haven't gotten into that. Plus like the cold plunges and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but I really want to, want to explore that a little bit.
0: I don't know how much you can cut this out if we don't have time, but (laughs) I had a, I'm just going to be, be open about this. I just had a, you know, in late December, I got a viral infection, like a neurovirus. And then I had, I had a, what I think was a pretty severe panic attack, and it was super scary. And so that's why I started uh, doing this. And somebody on my team actually sent me a, a, I guess we'll call it an implement or a tool that uh, I use for the breath work. It's blue, there's a Bluetooth connection to your phone, and it's pretty cool. So it's structured and back to that discipline, right? Yeah. But, um, yeah, so it's there was a reason I started doing it, and um, it's it's so accessible in five to 10 minutes a day, you Mm -hmm. can start doing it. So
2: yeah. yeah, Very cool. I recommend. Cool. Thanks for sharing that, man. Um, With all your success, what is one limiting belief that you've crushed along the way and how did you get past it?
0: Um, I think just, uh, you know, being afraid to, you know, that you have to be perfect, right? So um, I used to be an editor back in the day and so many things would just, not get done or not get completed within our team, our organization, um, because it had to be perfect. And, it, and it's like, I think as I've progressed into more of the entrepreneurial lifestyle and, and, uh, it's just, it's not a, fa- it's not an option anymore. Um, so, um, yeah, I think just taking action has kind of overcome that limiting belief of, 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 of chasing perfection.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can, I can agree with you. there. done. Not perfect. Um, as you know, my background as an attorney, I mean, we're, we're paid to be perfect. Like we can't make mistakes, especially in contracts and the way that we write things. But when you kind of make that transition over to being an entrepreneur, there's too much, there's too much to do to be, to be perfect. You got, you just got to get it done. Good enough. Absolutely. (laughs) Good enough. Has to, you have to be open, um, willing to accept that for sure. Yeah. What's one actionable step our listeners can do right now to start creating more freedom? So I'll use the military here. You can, um, which
0: is where I learned, uh, kind of reverse backwards planning, reverse planning. So literally just, and I'm not going to tell you, I am perfect at this. <laughs> um, but you know, think about what create a vivid vision for your life in, in the next three to five years, pick it, pick three years out from today. And what do you want your life to look like? and then backwards plan. And now I'm not saying you need to plan every minute of every day, but you can be, that will, that will increase the urgency, uh, sense of urgency in your life and the intentionality of every, every hour and every day, because you realize this is doable, but I got to take ownership of, of my current situation if I want this to be the reality in three years. So I would say create a vivid vision and, and kind of reverse or backwards plan to get there. Perfect. Perfect.
2: Last but not least, how has passive income made your life better?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think in multiple ways, but a big one that stands out is it's giving me, I guess we'll call it margin um, to take some more risks on the entrepreneurial side. And because I do have alternative sources of income, passive income, Um, it's allowed me that kind of mental and financial bandwidth or margin to maybe invest in a company that even if it doesn't go perfectly or doesn't go well, it's not profitable. That's okay. I still have that cushion um, for, for
2: me and my family. So that's, yeah, it's a huge, it's been a huge factor in that regard. Yeah, absolutely. Game changer, man. It, It just changes your mindset changes your life in so many ways. Um, uh, Jamie, this has been incredible, dude. You've got so much great content to to share in, in your brain, man. You got to get it out there. Um, I know you've got an awesome podcast that I was on, Adversity to Abundance. Yeah. Everybody yeah. should check that out. Um, other than that, Jamie, where else can people find out more about you?
0: Yeah, just two things I'll mention very quickly. Uh literally got my book delivered today, like an hour before I hopped on here. It's uh From Adversity to Abundance. It's, it is based on the podcast. So I encourage you, listener to check that out from adversity to abundance is the book that's out and then labradorlending.com L-A-B-R-A-D-O-R.com is where you can check us out. All right, man. Awesome. I'll
2: drop all that in the show notes. Thanks again for coming on, brother. Thanks for having me, Seth. This has been great.
1: Thank you for spending your most valuable resource with us, your time. If you like the show, please share it with your friends and fellow podcast listeners. One entrepreneur at a time, we can change the world. See you next time.
0: Hey there, it's Jamie Bateman. Ever felt boxed in by life's challenges? Dive into my new book, From Adversity to Abundance, Inspiring Stories of Mental, Physical, and Financial Transformation. Available now on Amazon. From a former bank robber's redemption to a young entrepreneur's victory over hurdles, these stories are not just inspiration. They're the roadmaps to your transformation. Whether for you or as a powerful gift to friends and family, especially those who might not tune into podcasts, this book is a beacon to a life of abundance. Ignite that inner fire and set your course to the life you've imagined. Purchase yours today on Amazon and light the path for someone You love.